Welcome to episode 109. Welcome to episode 108 of the Becoming Human podcast. This episode is all about Indian clubs. I've been really excited to take a deep dive into Indian clubs. I love researching ways to bulletproof my body, improve my mind and strength, especially when it utilizes the small in-between moments of the things that I do because I don't have a huge chunk of time. When I found Indian clubs, I was so excited that I scoured the internet for people who had a lot to teach about Indian clubs, from their history, effectiveness, and technique. I quickly learned about Heroic Sport, Terry Sanchez and Ron Bader's company. These two guys were a wealth of knowledge on not just the techniques of Indian clubs, but also the history, and Ron was a first-hand witness to their effectiveness. To learn more about Heroic Sport and check out their clubs, head over to HeroicSport.com. If you want to support the show, you can go over to BecomingHumanPodcast.com, pick up something from the store, or rate and review the episodes on iTunes, Google Play, wherever you happen to listen to it. Without any further ado, here's Ron Bader and Terry Sanchez. I was um, I was uh, doing some uh, workshops with Indian clubs, and I, I was really limited with the material I had, uh, you know, the equipment. Uh, I had found some clubs in Germany online. They were really expensive, but they also were very ugly. So I asked around in town, you know, uh, is there anybody that can turn me some wooden clubs? And my wife found a contact, and then eventually she led me to Ron. Right, so I went to this uh, entrepreneur house. Um, and I met Ron and they said, hey, can you turn me those? And he looked at me and said, yeah, I can do. <laughs> Ron is a kind of guy who's pretty much autodidact and he's learned a lot of skills along the years. And um, so he said, yeah, I can do that. And he started talking to me, you know, what they were for and uh, explain a bit the background behind it, what I read in the old books, you know. Um, and he started telling me, oh, you know, I fell from the scaffolding in 2009. We were in 2013, I think, back at the beginning of 2013 when I first met him. And um, so um, his story, you know, his accident and uh, the fact that he was only working about two to three hours a day. That's it, because he was so broken by, by then. Um, I said, oh, we need to try this. You turn the pair of clubs. You know, and I'm gonna I'm gonna train you, and we're gonna see how it's uh, it's helping you or not. So it was pretty much trying to figure out the hype of Indian clubs. Does it live, does it live up to it? You know, um, what was the hype of Indian clubs at the time? That they were great for uh, restorative and um, you know uh, yeah restorative arts, helping people um, that had uh, aches and pains. All kind of a rehab aspect behind the Indian clubs. Did you were, were there like similar modalities at the time, or or a regiment that you would have provided that would have the same effect, but without the clubs? Or was it fulfilling like uh, an issue, right? Restorative practice that nothing else had filled for you. Well, for Ron, you take it. Yeah, see, that's why I was intrigued right away. I mean, him coming to me, I'm a kind of guy that can make anything. You know, making the clubs wasn't a problem at all, um, which I thought, oh, and this is a new kind of thing. So I was interested. But his explanation 
of where he came from, like being such a, uh, a high level competitor in kettlebell, you know, world champion, but anyways, or rather subsequently going over to something that would help him, you know, in the, the what do you call it? The restitution uh, period after these uh, competitions, you know, I related to that right away because of that. Okay. I came from a very physical day to day kind of life, a lot of sport. I was uh, um, developing different building systems, energy, sustainable systems. So I was really active and then I went to nothing. So I knew this thing about, okay, now I'm broken. I need to, you know, build myself back up again. And the, the, what we refer to as the modern day methods, they weren't really helping me at all. Um, especially because I had multiple, uh, fracture brain fr- or skull fractures. So I had these incredible headaches. So a lot of concentration when you're doing the specific movements to help, uh, you know, broken back a situation like I had as well, it was, it was just frustrating. And Terry explaining the, the fluid movements, the circular movements, the, the traction aspect behind this type of training. I thought, I, I just got to try this because, I mean, you know, 18 months of being on the floor or the couch or my bed, I lost like 35 pounds uh, of muscle mass. Um, so, so it was like, and, and I really felt like I was folded together. I mean, I don't know how else to put this in a metaphorical way that people can understand or see the picture, but I felt really like a piece of paper that was just crumbled together. And what we know is, is uh, you know, modern day training or training with weights or even swinging kettlebells or whatever, but this was completely different. This was Terry teaching me how to breathe, how to coordinate the breathing with the swinging and the, the, this fluid movement, you just, you kind of felt the forces of the inertia in the club. It was very relaxing as like the, the B side of this type of training. And I mean, it didn't take very long and I was totally like, I was all in. I mean, it was like, okay, Terry, I made, you know, two sets of clubs. Now I'm going to make a set that's longer and I'm going to make a set that's heavier. And I mean, I just went absolutely bananas. I mean, Ron is that kind of guy, you know, I just come to him with a project and then he makes that and then he thinks, oh, how about this? And then we start talking and we goes into other things as well. But back to the training, I mean, if for people out there that don't know Ron or the story, you know, to give an example, he couldn't lift his arms above his shoulders. He had like no muscle mass left around the neck and shoulders and the upper back. And he was sleeping in 20 minute intervals. Yeah. Oh, and yeah. Had, I couldn't and, sleep. And he had oh. To so, you know, you know, with small kids, you know, you have like a bad night's sleep, but he had a bad night's sleep every single day for like three or four years in yeah, a row. It right? was awful. Oh. So with the Indian clubs, I mean, after, I remember him, you know, after the, after that first session that we had, he was going, oh, this feels good, you know? And then like three or four months down the road, he was like sleeping, only waking up <clears throat> Two well, I was sleeping definitely two times. hours at a time, like no problem, which was yeah. unbelievable. Yeah, you know, from 20 
the two hours of the time. And uh, I think, you know, before the, the first uh, year, uh, before the end of the first year of training, then he could sleep just about the whole night through. So um, just that made a change to his life, right? And then he started being able to reach and lift his arm above his head. And, you know, that muscle mass around the shoulders and the upper back came back. And we were training with clubs, you know, that weigh one kilo, so two, about two pounds. You know, like nothing heavy. Um, it was enough. But it was plenty. Yeah. yeah. That's important. It's just enough, right? Relative. Yeah. Because, again, you know, I mean, I played hockey till I was 22 years old in a traveling, um, you know, good enough to play, on, not to be NHL material, but, you know, um, and then volleyball and baseball. I mean, I was constantly doing sports. So, I mean, I was also I had that mindset okay, Terry, really? These only weigh like two pounds. Mm-hmm. This is what we're going to train with? But I'm telling you, that's, I think, one of the things that surprises people a lot, that yeah. swinging two pounds around in each hand is enough, uh, especially when you're hurt or you just want to work on your coordination or your flexibility. Um, it's really a scalable Oh man, you're going to have a tough time getting us to stop talking. Well, I mean, we are totally like, he's the expert, like the, the training, he's a certified trainer. So, I mean, he knows the different things, the different psychology behind it. And I'm the guy that just said, Terry, what, what do you want me to make next? You know, I mean, give me something else. So we went through all the aspects of this equipment and we really, really know a lot about what, what's good, what's better, what's not so good, you know, but which has also brought us to where we are today. I mean, like Terry said earlier, there's a lot of people making wooden clubs out there. And and you know what? The product we've got, the little Palavandal, wasn't designed to take the place of these beautiful wooden clubs. Mm-hmm. It was just to get people started. Just the same little bridge that I went like, you know, that doubt in your mind when Terry first explained, you know, Ron, I think I can help you. You know, coming out of the original or rather the what we know as the mainstream uh, therapeutic uh, ways or techniques. Yeah. And and the the general general health system. And then listening to a a French guy also living in Denmark out of our elements and, and just saying, okay, you know what? I'm in. Tell me what I need to do. And then giving the results that it did. I mean, we couldn't stop. I mean, really, I mean, I think we still feel kind of obligated to keep telling people um, about what we do and why we do it and who keeps writing to us. Um, we've gotten a little off topic here, but it's it's kind of related to why we started this. Terry had the no, or Terry had the the need to learn something that would be the the restorative restorative prehab whatever you want to call it you know thing to to his interests at the time which was kettlebell which you know got him kind of fixed on hey there's more to this than just you know meets the eye um and then meeting me that could make the equipment develop all different types of sizes and weights and you know that kind of thing and then having me as a kind of guinea pig you know I think I can help you, Ron. And actually, being true, yeah, <laughs> open. That was that was the box. amazing part. Yeah. Right? yeah, it's wild because yeah, you have you have a, like basically a strength and um, a strength and conditioning specialist meeting someone who's a maker by trade, um, coming together and helping solve the maker's problem, right? Of you know being injured, and because of that, you're now purpose driven. 
because you, you understand, you know, what your not even just what your audience is. It's just you understand what problem you're solving. Right. Because that's what entrepreneurship is. And even just to serve your own community. Right. Is to solve problems for people who are like you or who are in a similar situation. And like when people are passionate about solving the problem and the consequences, um, gaining, you know, popularity or people just using it and finding use out of it, that's merely a consequence. But your main goal is, is like to solve the problem of people, you know, much like yourselves or, you know, a little different. Um, and that's, that's awesome. I love it when those things sync up, you know, in like uh, corporate America, um, maybe I'm being ignorant, uh, maybe corporations just in general, right. When things get really big and people are just there because, oh, it's a good job. Right. Like that's when it kind of gets a little, that's when it's sad. But when I see what you guys are doing, like that's so inspiring. Yeah. yeah, Thank you. Um, But it's uh, your, your, this thing about in sync. Yeah. We, we often, when we, when we, (laughs) when we lose our, our patience sometimes about, you know, oh, how do we, you know, reach the goal here? We, we often think about the things that we've got that just are completely thrown together by the universe. Mm-hmm. Like you say, a personal trainer meets a maker. We're living in this little town on Sonderborg, you know, where there's not a lot of, you know, a, a go-to people, but we meet each other elite anyways. We, we have personalities that don't match so much that things just, you know, kind of get made or decisions get made where we have to look at it afterwards and, and re-decide or whatever. We have conflicting uh, opinions, which is great for us in development. Mm-hmm. And, you know, then we we found this little office where we completely got we got like a gym in there. And I mean, it's amazing. I, it's best I, office. I, I love using stuff <laughs> that I just find and use it completely for the wrong reasons. As long as it works. <laughs> I mean, if you saw our office, it's just the best place to be. Like, if I, you know, it's like, how did we get here? How lucky are we that we landed in this situation where it seems like we've got the ingredients in this little project? to help a lot of people. So it's, that's why it's, it's really, it's really refreshing when a guy like you, you know, gets a hold of us and says, Hey, you guys want to talk about this? Yeah, of course we'd love to talk about this. <laughs> and uh, I mean, the interesting thing is like, you know, we, we done, we didn't stop with Ron, you know, it didn't just stop like, Oh, we've done this. We fixed this guy, you know, and, uh, and it works. It's all the best. Now I've been teaching as well in the uh, evening schools. I don't know if you got that in the, in the USA, but uh, you know, they're just like basically s- schools for adults, um, night school, night school. Yeah. In oh, the evening wow. people come to learn different skills. Uh, yeah, that's cool. Um, yeah, or, you know, Denmark is great for about education. It's got a whole, uh, can <laughs> parallel kind of education system, uh, even for kids as well. You know, they, they, uh, they're allowed to take a, a year off the normal curriculum to go into these, uh, what they call, uh, after schools where they are, there's still a bit of the normal curriculum, but they learn skills as well, you know, and they can oh, anything yes. from like uh, home skills to language, to, uh, adventure sports, to, to whatever. Well, um, I wish they had that here. That is awesome. Cause there's like, sorry, I don't, I don't mean to take it off track, but there's, I work with underserved youth, usually in like foster care. Um, and then even youth who, who aren't in foster care, but their family life is really rough. So they're like emotionally and behaviorally delayed children. And they're like get not allowed to go to general population schools anymore. Yeah. And like what I'm trying to do is develop after school programs because I teach kids jujitsu, like uh-huh. martial arts. And like 
what I see is like all these, these children have this struggle and behaviors and I even see adults too, but adults, you know, they manage it or they just, you know, fight with their family, get the cops called on those kinds of things. Um, and if they were to have these, uh, these interests, right. It would completely change their lives because it completely changed my life, but you, you don't really have access to that. to like rock climb here. You have to like know someone. Um, and be mentored by them, or you got to pay like $500 to take a class. But sorry, I don't mean to take it off track. Yeah, no, no, it's okay. We understand. I mean, this is like the, the good thing here in Denmark. You know, it's, it makes it affordable for everybody. So um, I've been teaching, uh, you know, Indian clubs. So we've done a lot of testing. I, mean, I met Ron, like I said, about probably at the beginning of 2013 or something like that, or mid. Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, we had the first clubs ready by the end of 2013. We created a club, so like a social club where people came every Wednesday to learn about Indian clubs. You know, our local swinger club. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Swim in Indian clubs. <laughs> well, you know, we had to change the name on Facebook because we got way too much attention. <laughs> swinger club was not. Swinger club. <laughs> Related ads came up, you know. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> If you're interested in this, you ought to see this. Yeah. <laughs> so that vibrates. That kicked off at the beginning of 2014, you know. So we've been there. Playing and evolving and developing uh, our system since then, so it's it's already like five years going on going on six years, you know. Um, so th those nice schools programs and you know, ad adults uh, that came and um, reporting the same kind of uh, stuff as Ron, you know, say, so, oh, you know, now my elbow and my shoulder doesn't hurt anymore, or I can sleep a whole night through. I haven't done that in the last five years, you know. So just kept hearing all this kind of stuff. So it it you know it helped um, sort of like give me a, an approval on, on those old books I've been reading about, you know, Indian clubs being used as a form of early physiotherapy, you know, being used for compensation work. You know, you've got to think about the, and all the stuff I'm talking about is related to Victorian England. You know, people just came out of the industrial revolution and they, uh, they moved into the towns and cities and they went as active. They already had back then, they had sedentary problems. So the Indian clubs were used, you know, as a, as a way to uh, to um, get the, the broad population active and, and physical. Um, so um, it did that purpose, you know, really well. And they just, every case after case, you know, going to workshops and getting testimonials, you know, people uh, who got stuff from us or inspiration or equipment, um, you know, they just like give us back some feedback that was, that was totally amazing. But isn't that funny, Will, that things have come kind of full circle? I mean, we're talking, you know, a few generations ago, they designed this to get more of the population moving, maintenance, you know, maintenance, mobility. I mean, yeah. we always have said that, you know, everybody has to do Indian clubs. No, that's not what we've said. We've said that we believe that all movement is good. All mobility is good. Get up, go for a walk. You know, do we when we started getting all this feedback, it of course made us curious about, okay, what are we dealing with here? Even just in Denmark, which is not a big country, five and a half million people, but 60% of production line workers or office workers, 60% of them complain about neck or shoulder pain. Wow. Because, and if you look at the design of our, our society today, you know, we've got production lines, we've got people sitting at a desk all day. We don't move in the same ways that we did, you know, 100 years ago. So, yeah, um, this has been one of those things that 
we're trying to, you know, give it rebirth, just like, you know, Paul in Australia or Kevin in the United States or, you know, the other guys doing what, the, the training, the club's training. It's people think, OK, cool, something new. Um, let's give it a try. So it's um, it's growing. And I don't think really uh, everybody swinging clubs out there, I think, should really uh, be proud of what they do, because I don't think we can stop this train. This is on its way back again, but for completely different reasons than it might have been for like 100 years ago when it was used in the British military as a a kind of a a choreographed um, skill. but this is the, the type of training that this, or what it does to the body, um, is both mind and uh, mm. muscle or tendon or movement-wise, uh, is going to make it very popular, in our opinion. Mm. So it's great that you uh, you step up and say, hey, I need to talk to people about this because it's it's quite interesting, this new yeah, new. It sounds a little bit like a paradox, especially when Wikipedia and Google call it the world's oldest trainings form. So, well, it's the world's oldest training form. Yeah. Well, that's when did it start? You know. So, well, you know, nobody, no, nobody really knows. The uh, the per- people from the Iranian, uh, you know, descent are going to say it comes from Persia. You know, people from India are going to say, well, you know, we've got paintings, you know, and carvings from gods using the Gada, you know, 4,000 years ago, it comes from India. So we'll never know, but it comes from that area, we can say generally, you know, uh, East, even though the clubs have been used as well, uh, they've got a tradition in Russia. I mean, you'll find also, you know, um, just Hercules, uh, you know, depicted with a large club. Um, so clubs, you know, it's been used as a weapon. It's also been used as a status symbol. And it's it's really hard to say if, because of those grounds, you know, where does this training form come from or how old is it? Because, you know, man has been using club as the first weapon. You know, it's tools have allowed us to survive because we don't have any built-in weapons uh, like animals. You know, don't have fangs, we don't have clothes, So, but we can use our hands. We can throw yeah. things and we can swing things. Or we can run. <laughs> if the first two don't work, there's always run. Yeah, that's why cardio is important. Yes. <laughs> so so yeah. So but generally, you know, they um, there seem to be a written material pointing that the oldest uh, training form, you know, or the, the reference go back to Persia, uh, where the the clubs were used to uh, to help warriors getting ready for battle, how to use the sh- uh, a shield and sword, and built up a whole series of attributes that was needed for the battlefield, just you know, endurance, uh, stamina, strength, uh, body awareness, mental, uh, what do you want to call it, some kind of mindfulness, so you don't just freak out. Out, you know, being this calm and composed throughout the, the combat, uh, spatial awareness so you don't get dizzy, you're able to sp- spot the target, uh, all this kind of stuff. So, um, change of, directions, change directions, you know, you know, eco- economy of movement yeah. as well, because you can't just be on a battlefield and you know, just whack around and then get get puffed out and 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 be uh, and and be wasted. So, um, yeah, all this kind of stuff. So. Even even being able to put the sword in the other hand. I mean, if, you, if you were wounded on your good hand, your coordinated hand, I mean, the putting the sword in the other hand and being just as 
articulate or effective, you know, being able to change directions without hitting yourself. And, and, you know, like Terry says, body awareness. I mean, think about it. You're, you're doubling your chances of survival that you're just as, as good swinging a sword around, um, with what people consider their weak side. I feel naive, um, or perhaps ignorant. Cause I've never, I've never really considered that until, until you mentioned that. Cause I look at jujitsu and I'm trying to learn how to break someone's arm with an arm bar. Right. And, Nice. With the, the the first like six months of it though is is almost like a kid trying to learn how to pick up a pencil. Like mm-hmm. it, it's so hard for me to be able to conceptualize, um, and I can't. It's hard for me to even visualize it. Right, right. Um, and over that time, I made you know incredible progress. But then now, like over the course of three years, I've made even more progress. And I could only imagine having to use these tools. Like I never thought that people would have to train a lot to be able to use maces back then in, you know, in swords and the like to go into battle. And the risk obviously then was like, was very high. It was the risk. Yeah. Yeah. That was, yeah, that was between live and die. Yeah. Yeah. And, and would it, you could argue that a lot of the population would participate in that. Right. Well, this I well, can yeah. speculate, you know, but yeah. uh, back then, uh, back back in those days, you know, uh, there was a large part of the population being, uh, yeah, recruited to or, or trained for for war. Uh, when you're living in, you know, in countries with uh, different kingdoms and 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 and, and so on, so uh, yeah, but that's a past. I mean, I'm not a historian. I've I've read quite a lot about the history of Indian clubs, but that detail specifically, I don't, I don't really know. I mean, if it was me and I knew that, you know, I'm a young fellow, I'm just about old enough where they start pulling us out of the, you know, the, the crowds or whatever to go and fight. I would want to learn how to use those weapons. Yeah. And I would want to be able to, you know, I would want to be good at using those weapons because again, you know, the better you are, those were the weapons. There was no guns and there was no, you know, it was hand to hand, close contact combat. Um, so I think people were driven to this type of training for other reasons. Mm. It was like survival. I mean, if you want to well, put it did, that way. People didn't train just to look good. You know, they, there was a higher. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's that's what I'm getting at because like right now it's in a certain context of like health and longevity, right? And yeah. even the act of the idea of going to war as as a person growing up, at least you know, at least in the United States, from my experience, is like that's not really in most people's thinking, unless like you, your family or it's just something that you want to do, right? But back then, like like you guys are mentioning, to just to survive alone, like you have to be able to to um to protect yourself and yeah, your family yeah. and that's something that's that's not very familiar year to a lot of people i think yeah. well fitness you know can you can argue that everything that's based around fitness was used to build better soldiers better warriors to protect the country it wasn't just maybe not to to go out and whack people but at least to defend <laughs> your country you know and that's also something that you'll find you know uh, the resurgence of of indian clubs being used in the british military and also mentions of indian clubs in america uh, around the um, second world war and, and and stuff like that you know you had to be physically fit physically ready 
to defend your country. That was part of the classical, uh, you know, education, physical education. Yeah, duty, a civil duty. You know, we had you had movements like the so-called, which were like the the Czechs. Yeah, in America, you had the Turners movement, which was a German uh, American movement, uh, a bit like the the Boy Scouts. You know, but there was like civic duties. There was physical education, and civic duties combined into one. It was like pushing some kind of ideal uh, of uh, a responsible citizen, you know, physically and morally strong. Uh, what is the motivation for for both of you guys and the people that you've served, right? Like teaching your classes, Terry, um, to be fit. The motivation. I mean, I'm we've often said it and it's in our what do you call it, our company history, that at one point we really felt that we had an obligation because what we experienced ourselves was so positive that we started, you know, preaching the word about clubs kind mm -hmm. of thing, right? But then we started getting the feedback started coming back the other way, which started this snowball effect, if you want to call it that, where it's really easy to keep going with a project when we get mails or uh, pictures or whatever and says, hey, guys, you know, look at this. I can do this now. And I, my shoulder's really cool or, or, you know, my shoulder's feeling better. Uh, I don't know. All these different positive uh, bits of feedback uh, have really made it easy for us to keep going, keep going. And also uh, understanding that this is not you know, it's not our project that's getting people to uh, try uh, the techniques of club swinging. That's why we also, you know, all the guys out there that are doing it as well, we try and do our best to, you know, like their videos or leave comments if we've got a little tidbit they can use. This is not about, in many ways, Terry and Ron, um, we love the aspect of, of helping the people and, and it's being proven to us by the, all the feedback. So the motivation to keep people, people uh, or getting people mobilized uh, is just that we know it's working for people mm. and, and we see it. And the more we are in this project with heroic sport and, and clubs training, the more we find out, you know, how many people are suffering. Uh, you know, just at their jobs, uh, production line, office workers, um, people that are hurt, people that are sick. We did an amazing pro uh, program with Parkinson's patients. Oh, wow. Yeah, where their mobility is, you know, interrupted in a whole different way uh, because of the sickness. But this using the momentum of uh, a tool like the club, just to keep or build on this circular fluid movement, uh, hit them in different ways. Uh, they reacted differently, but all in positive ways. Some were opening up, uh, stretching out a little bit more. We had this uh, older guy, really nice guy. He was one of our super swingers. He said, you know what, guys? I just came home with my groceries and put them on the top shelf of my kitchen cupboards. I haven't wow. done that in years. Whoa. You know, so, I mean, yeah, that's exactly, whoa, okay, we need to do more of this <laughs> or we need to tell more people about this, yeah. right? And now, you know, you can actually go on our website and, and see the whole project. We feel we did, we um, yeah, made a film documentary of, uh, of the project. So the before 
uh, and the during the six weeks program and then the after uh, and stuff, you know, so people are interested in that or might consider uh, using Indian clubs with uh, Parkinson's patients. With a therapist and nurses involved. Yes. So we have baseline yeah. testing and, and finish. And that was, that was really uh, an eye opener as well. And it was a really good uh, feel good project. You know, uh, we, we learned again so much more than uh, we could have just by reading stuff or watching videos. Um, it was very interesting. I'd say yeah. put it that way, you know. And and the results uh, again, you know, the the, the therapists uh, were blown away because we asked people to basically train uh, ten minutes a day. That was it, you know. Wow. Uh, so they were doing, uh, you know, a lot of people uh, in the in those um, Parkinson's uh, what you call them chapters, you know, organizations. Yeah, all yeah. the local chapters. You know, they they have some uh, some activities, you know. Um, but we didn't ask for an hour of training or whatever. We just asked for 10 minutes. There were 10 exercises that advised for one minute. They had to do them each. So 10 minutes, uh, 10 minutes a day, that's all it took. And um, yeah, let's say, that, uh, you know, the, the balance, the leg uh, strength and, and, and stuff and flexibility. That's the only thing that we tested. Basically, the physiotherapist was interested in testing something that was relevant to the Parkinson's uh, symptoms. So they, they chose three tests and after that we, we made the program. We also would have liked to test other things, but that must be final project basically. Yeah. But you know, we'll keep going with that because it was just we can't let that one alone because it's just too yeah. many good things came out of it. Yeah, the film evidence was 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 such as people you know were more upright and opened up. And the cool thing that something that we didn't really touch talking about Ron, you know, he uh, mentioned a little bit that he had problems doing some of the exercise. He, um, the physiotherapist would tell him to do because he had to think, you know, had to activate this and be aware of that. Well, the great thing about Indian clubs is that a lot of the what's happening is actually reactive. You know, you don't have to you don't have to think about it. So by reactive I mean that the weight is pulling you or pushing you in one direction and of course your body wants to stay in balance. So you're automatically automatically going to activate uh, the right chain uh, to maintain the balance. Yeah. Um, Stability the, functions, which yeah. are a lot of these muscles that are so small, they're difficult to get a hold of. You know, but when you're swinging a body, sorry, Terry, oh, yeah. when you're swinging a, a weight around your body, your your brain just tells you what to do. You don't have to. Uh, you don't have to think, you know, just, it just, you feel it and then whoop, straight away, the, the brain makes those reactive, those small adjustments uh, to protect you basically, right? Um, because yeah. you don't want to fall over. Mm. So. Wait. Oh, so, so you're saying like it's the similar thing of what you have with you when you're balancing on one foot kind of thing? Yeah, you could, you could okay. say that. Basically, yeah, yeah. Those yeah. those quick, uh, you know, adjustments the whole time to you know, yeah. That's that's a pretty good analogy, you know, or the uh, or, or you know the, the the missile, you know, correcting its course the whole time to to hit target. Um, yeah. yeah. Then uh, go ahead. And you develop uh, mobility more effectively what through through passive stretching or through dynamic uh, motion. Well, we can say that you know. There's probably different opinions there uh, out there, but uh, there's two aspects of the clubs, yeah. Um, yeah. 
Because you could say either. I mean, let's, let's leave it open a bit that way. I think it's yeah. for us instead of telling you is really go out there, get a sort of clubs and experience it for yourself um, because you'll, you'll easily find out, I think. Um, yeah, there's, there, there's many aspects of clubs training. I mean, there's the coordination. You know, being able to move two clubs in two different directions from left side, right side, upper body, lower body. You know, it's crisscross, 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 crisscross. There's that, which we know also creates this um, instead of the fight and flight, it's the rest and digest feeling. So, yeah. Yeah. So th- that's another one of the do, inspirations. Do you understand that? Do you understand what we're talking about? No. What is the rest and digest? What's so you got two, your nervous uh, system has got two main functions. The one is like always keep you alive, you know, so it's the fight uh, or fight response, the fight or flight. So a lion comes up, you know, and you run away or you're going to fight if you're cornered. And then the other function is to allow you to, to grow and develop. So this is what we call the, the rest and digest. This is when you actually, uh, you know, you're chilling out and the body is in tune and uh, you start repairing the body. Uh, so this is like, you know, one is breaking or making you ready to, to break down the body just to, to, for that short burst of energy. And the other one is going to help you to repair and rest. Um, so anything that's rhythmic and repetitive and also uh, using those cross pattern movements is actually pushing you into this rest and digest function. You know, uh, this is also where you're going to start making new brain cells and uh, um, uh, using use, new brain cells, you know, yes. establishing yeah. new neural uh, patterns and, and, uh, and bridges. Um, so it's, it's really interesting that it's, you know, you got this physical conditioning, um, but if using the clubs, uh, the light clubs in any case, for those, uh, pur- for that purpose, you know, you're, you're building up your, your brain capacity, you could say, in, in that way, you know. Um, Cross-coordinative movement is, is basically explained, it's like when we have babies that are learning to crawl, we try and and and, and force them or get them to, uh, you know, right arm, left leg. It's just one of the developmental stages, you know, yeah. it, it goes to the, the body they learn in, in different ways. First, you, you fall forward, uh, lower and upper extremities reaching for each other. Then you got the same side of the body. Uh, and then you go into this uh, later stage, you go into this cross crawl and, and, and so on. I mean, uh, so yeah. and cross crawl, uh, climbing, that type of thing. We know from other people, not because we made the tests, but I mean, there's many tests written about these things are directly connected to the same parts of our brains that um, process mathematics, languages, complex thinking. Whoa. So so this is, you know, that's just one of the aspects of clubs where you go into all these cross cognitive uh, movements and and challenging your your brain to think in, in patterns and waves and complicated movement. So that's, that's the one thing. So we love that. And, and we've had a couple of kids in our yeah, I guess I should stop calling it a local swinger club when we talk about kids. <laughs> but uh, our, in our club's training group in the local area um, where their parents came and said, look, at you know, our little guy, he, he he's not as quick as the others in the mathematics and languages and all that. 
And oddly enough, those two guys were the ones that learned the movements, especially the complicated movements, you know, two different directions, two different things in, in you know, like a drummer learns to do two different things or four different things uh, with their feet, uh, feet, feet with their feet <laughs> and, and hands. But they they, um, they claim that it, it helped them. Uh, it also created a little bit of uh calm in their day-to-day yeah, exactly. life more focused while they were at school so that was interesting yeah. I, so, I, I have a, or I have a friend who was just on my podcast and he has his PhD um, he did his thesis on helping children manage their behaviors in the classroom setting um, whether it's like uh, ADD um, well ADD is an example right you yeah. know the <clears throat> And managing their behaviors by prescribing them an exercise regimen. So Uh someone who's like ADD would perhaps want, um, you know, something dynamic like that with change with patterns and patterns that change really complicated kind of movement to to be able to conceptualize. Um, It's going to take a long time to be able to figure out how to get in that flow. And then when they are right, it. Um, they're able to to play with it creatively mm-hmm. and add the, the different movements. And then someone with, I think it's um, autism, um, would prefer something that's fixed, that never changes, right? Like running on a track. And then he was able to reflect, though, in his research that um, children with ADD, uh, when you would prescribe them that exercise, then when they would go into the classroom, their tics and their behavioral issues would subside. Amazing. Mm. Yeah. Uh, we can completely yeah. stand behind that one. That's I fantastic. Mean, we understand what he's talking about because we've seen it ourselves. Yeah. And another thing while we're on the subject is that uh, we had um, one of uh, the people, uh, you know, that, that sent us feedback. Um, his name is Sasha. He's, he works in uh, in Germany. In oh, a, yeah. Uh, he's a, what do you call it? Psycho, well, it's not psycho, sorry. Uh, a nurse, uh, what do you call it? You know, psychologist. in a psychiatrist. Psychiatric nurse, yes, exactly. Thank you. And he works in a in a prison setting. Um, and he started introducing the palavandal uh, swinging over there as a group, you know, because they want to, to have the people active because they know it's good for them, you know. And uh, the great thing about the palavandal was that it was non threatening. You know, they didn't know, they never seen this before. It, they had no bad association with it. And anyway, they, they start training, you know, and. Because um, it wasn't, sorry, Terry, it wasn't a wooden club. As well. Yeah. <laughs> as well. So, as it's, well. you know, it's a plastic handle on a used soda pop bottle with water in it. You know, so it's, it was limited uh, as far as the damage they could yeah, do. Yeah, that's right. Good to get off run to explain yeah. what, what our palavandal is, you know, out there. Um, so, um what the uh, was amazing that came out of this uh, experiment, you want to call it this project, was that he said he's never seen empathy from one of those patients. Basically, uh, you can have a guy just hitting himself and bleeding to death and people, the other patients would just basically walk by over him, you know, and just like go, yeah. whatever. But the interesting thing is, you know, he started swinging with them uh, on a daily basis and he start teaching them very basic routines and and then he would ask one person of the, uh, in the group to start leading the group 
And you said there for the first time, you saw empathy because people, the, the, the guy that was in charge of training the group would turn around or would pay special attention that everybody else in the group was in sync. So they were all doing well. It was not a competition, but they were really trying to work together to, so that everybody will learn the, the, the patterns and, and the little routine you made, you know. So, yeah, pretty amazing. That's powerful. Totally. Yeah, we get stuff like this all the time. Well, we ought to talk. We can talk tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, yes, that sounds good. <laughs> we'll, we'll do a daily one. We'll do 365 episodes. <laughs> Until we start getting sick of each other. Oh, it's Will again. Oh. Yes. He's calling. Ignore. I know they're ignoring me. <laughs> hang up. Hang up. He can't see we're here. Yeah. <laughs> it's funny. And I, I find it fascinating because, like, when when I'm looking at different exercise regimens, the thing that that really strikes me is when it's fun, right? Because mm-hmm. I would get into exercise before I was doing sports, right? Before I had an incentive to exercise other than health, um, I would fall out like a lot of people that I know where it's like, I'm going to go to the gym regularly. And then, you know, a few months go by and then my motivation dwindles. Um but as I was continuing with sports, I was more motivated. I want to be faster. I want to be stronger. I don't want to hurt as, you know, get, be as injury prone. So I'd start working out. But then I found um, throw or kettlebell juggling. And I was working with kettlebells for like a year and, you know, doing it because for the benefits. But then when I found juggling, it was like love. Like I couldn't keep myself from juggling every day. I could yep. just sit there for hours, just focusing on the flow and catching the weights. And all of a sudden my strength and conditioning, like my relationship with the change where I, I kind of liked it, but now I, I loved it. And then that's where I came to like the clubs is once I started swinging the clubs, my, it was fun. Like I was at play yeah, and awesome. I love introducing that to people because I don't know what it's like where you guys live, but at least we're in the States that I've lived in. Um, I see a lot of people where their relationship with exercise isn't play. However, when I let, when my son goes to recess, he plays on a jungle gym and all Mm -hmm. that is, is calisthenics. Right. And And so is tag. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. Yeah. In a great way. And that's, that's how it should be. And like swinging the, the maces or the clubs, maybe not for everybody, but for a lot of people that I've introduced it to, you get that, like that meditation almost. Mm -hmm. Totally. Yeah. But that that fun uh, associated with uh, yeah f- fitness or physical ability or mobility it's it's popping up. Uh, there's some real good ambassadors out there. Um, I mean, you're kettlebell. You two guys. I mean, I've never been a kettlebell guy, but you two guys. Like we know a guy in California that's he's basically developed a program and a product to get kids into kettlebells. Oh. So like smaller, you know, nice colors, uh, a little bit playful in that and and good routines and uh, be really interesting. It's something that he's just launched. So um, I I mean, we wish Moses the best of luck. So but and it should it sounds like it's going to work out for him. But that's this thing about making fitness fun. Yeah, it's easy to say, Mm -hmm. but. Yeah, I, I I don't think fitness is fun. Mm-hmm. 
in my when I look back. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, it's always been because we had to. I mean, you know, when you're, I mean, I'm six foot five, and uh, when I played ice hockey, I was like 235 pounds. So it was like you needed to be physically strong. And the only ways, uh, as a young person, that I knew to be physically strong was because our trainer said, Ron, you have to go in and you have to do squats and you have to do bench and you have to do this. And you have to do this. But today, I mean, I love even the big clubs that we've got, uh, you know, the, the 10, 12 pounders and swinging those around because now I'm more of a, uh, experienced swinger. So, um, I think it's really fun. I mean, I, it's, it's, I just, I, something I want to do. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's, you know, and it's because the, the clubs and the kettlebell juggling, you know, there's more focus on the actual skill. And this is, I think, for me personally, that's what attracted me to, to those sports and what I can see with the other people, you know, and, and kids. They just want to learn this pattern. It's like a trick. You know, so they want to learn this trick. Um, I had athletes, I was working uh, as a physical trainer with the badminton players and I introduced the clubs already back then in 2009 and had a, a, a girl, she was from Italy and she hated doing any kind of physical conditioning. You know, she absolutely hated it. But uh, we did some kettlebell juggling and this was like, that was the thing for her, <laughs> you know, because she was getting a workout like, like you like you found out without thinking oh I'm going to work out and lift some weights no she was just playing she was having fun you know we were doing kettlebell tosses uh, at, at each other and it was fun you know and uh, like Alberto said on one of your uh, previous podcasts you know you or maybe it was you that said it you know you drop the bell you pick it up and you, you do all this kind of stuff that the whole time you know your pulse goes up and down and uh, you're moving in, in new different ways it's just fun Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's the same with clubs. You know, uh, that's why the kids love it. Uh, the uh, the adults. We've ha- we've been in some corporate functions in front of a big group of people. I mean, the first thing is when we come out there and we tell them that we're starting the world's biggest swinger club. I mean, that's enough to get, <laughs> get that whole corporation rolling. <laughs> just, you know, everybody's like, "What? <laughs> yeah, well, what are we? What did we get ourselves into? Is this a team building event? Yeah, yeah, this is a team." <laughs> Yeah. It's going to be a team building event. Do more than rubbing shoulders. <laughs> so, and then it's new. So people are interested and then people watch us. Of course, we, we demonstrate a little bit and people are fascinated because it's kind of like we've had people say it was, it's so beautiful. It's like you guys are dancing up there kind of thing, you know, this rhythmic movement. Um, so it's a really Right now, it's got really a positive energy around the whole concept of swinging clubs. Yeah, and actually, those guys, you know, the um, so we sold like uh, some clubs to uh, to a company. Uh, they're like a water treatment kind of kind of place, and they uh, they've got clubs in their office, you know, and they say, uh, you know, usually it's like this, one of the, one of the workers, you know, so he feels he's going to grab a cup of coffee and so he's going to do something, but he doesn't want to do it by himself. So he goes to another, to a friend or, you know, a coworker and says, Hey, do you want to, do you want to look silly like me for, for a couple of minutes? And they just grab their set of clubs, you know, and they start swinging. So oh, that's cool. it's got that fun element into it. You know, they don't, uh, you wouldn't get that, I guess, if you said, Oh, let's, let's go and run on the, on the treadmill or let's go and lift some it, it just it just does it not just happen doesn't to happen. people yeah exactly and most people you know now, now we're talking of course there's different needs and different goals but you know most people want to feel good 
especially if you've been at work, you know, it's not necessarily physical training. It's got different aspects. A lot of people think it's got performance and, um, you know, lifting big weights. And yeah, it can be. Uh, but for a lot of people, it's that maintenance, uh, being able to, uh, to be pain free, uh, more mobile, that's going to, you know, bring a lot of, um, yeah, benefits to their day to day life. Yeah. But it's a, it's a piece of, and in the office situations of all the places that we've been and, and we know of that have ordered products uh, from us there, it's, it's a piece of equipment that can just stand in a corner and people, you don't have to do it for half an hour. Yeah. I mean, it's like just going out on your, yeah, what used to be the smoke break, but, you know, mm. just go out and walk around the building or something like that. You don't sweat. Like these people in office situations don't want to sweat, but they want to do something. And clubs training is so scalable that when it's working on freshening up your brain by doing complicated movements or swing, swing, uh, moves, swing mobility around your body with these with these clubs, um, you don't have to sweat like we've got a routine that's amazing. And it's only two minutes and 35 seconds, mm. a little flow. And that's all you need. And it's like, for me, really, in the afternoon, when I'm starting to get dragged down by the middle of the afternoon, and I'm thinking coffee, 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 that little routine is like way better than two cups of coffee, because you're opening up uh, connections in your brain that, you know, uh, just it's a boost of oxygen. It's, so it's, you it's really a, be aware, you're really woken up by this type of thing. That's what we call it. You know, it's, it's a reboot your mind and body because you get this you know, fluid, this, uh, you warm up your body a little bit, you know, you yeah. get this flow through your joints and, and stuff, but also your mind, you know, like, uh, like you said, you know, it's, it's meditation, it's just a movement break, meditation in motion. And you don't need to, to go bananas, you know, one minute to two minutes, you, you're going to feel something. That's where I'm experimenting with it and really enjoying to be able to use it as a break from, from work. Right. Like, mm -hmm. cause, and if I'm drawing or if I'm writing, it's wonderful to be able to put 90 minutes down for drawing or writing and then 10 minutes down for, for Indian clubs. And just, and I've even experimented with meditation as well, but honestly, I'm, I get nervous about the shoulder creep, you know, rolling forward when you're sitting yeah. on a computer. So I prefer not, I prefer to keep my meditation separate and then do more clubs so mm -hmm. that I, I can work on my shoulders. And yeah. additionally, like what I've, I've noticed is, um, certain athletes specifically in like jujitsu and, and rock climbing, um, if they train and they don't have a strength an intensive strength and conditioning routine that perhaps doesn't involve like a lot of overhead pressing, um, it, it's different for the individual, but they get the shoulder creep too. Like they, they call them knuckle draggers. And that's because like if they don't have proper strength and conditioning over time, their shoulders will start to roll forward. Mm -hmm. And my thoughts were before getting into Indian clubs, um, it was like learning this, the skill of handstands, right? If you learn that, then you should bulletproof your, your shoulder, your posture anyways. But then I run into clubs and I'm like, well, hands, not everyone. I talk to people about doing handstands and it's like a, a low percentage who are, who are willing to do, to do what is necessary to, to attain that skill or even just practice a skill. But with yeah. clubs, it's just like that instant, like, Ooh, I can do that. Exactly. You know, and it goes back a bit to what I was saying about the Parkinson's project. And I said, you know, it's reactive to be able to do outer circles, for example, uh, your body 
is forced, you know, without you having to think about it to, to straighten up and open up to do the big circles. So yeah, you sort of like, you know, you don't have to think about it. It just, it just happens yeah. because otherwise you won't be able to do a big, nice circle. It's just, you're going to feel it. So instinctively, you know, you, your body makes you straighten up and open up the chest. For people who are interested in like the in the Indian clubs, where where's a good resource for them to to watch videos on technique or perhaps, you know, hire a coach? Hire a coach? I yeah. don't know. Nah. Let's put it this way. Because it's kind of part of what we do. We can see that, you know, there's many levels of information. It's like anything. So, I mean, if you go on social media like Instagram, for example, you'll get small clips of stuff that's good. It's informative. Um, the way we do it, we try to make it a good mix between keeping it fun, keeping it light, keep, keeping people interested, but still informative. So we, we have these little coffee breaks that aren't a long routine. They're just little bits, little bits, little bits. So, and there's a lot of other people doing it on Instagram and that's kind of like the the smallest uh, amount of information you can get then you can go on Facebook if you find different uh, club swinging uh, groups or organizations um, you get a little bit more and then there's people that are making YouTube videos we at Heroic Sport we've also got our own YouTube channel and there's even more but still you know it's still interrupted because it's YouTube and the way that functions but we have a lot of people that um, want, are interested in teaching other people so they don't want to be interrupted so those are the people that come to us or come to one of the other guys that's out there doing clubs routines that has videos that you can you know buy the code to unlock the video you download it to your device so it's always ready for you to see and you don't need to be in wi-fi situations or that kind of thing so it's like it's different levels you it, it, there's a lot amazing a sur very surprising amount of information out there on social media so i think you just you have to pick like any personal trainer uh, if you're after a personal trainer, you try and find somebody that you connect with, you like, you like their methods, and then you start, you listen to them, uh, you know, you let them inspire you. So, I mean, not just us have, have stuff out there. There's people that are, are putting stuff out there, sending us stuff also. Look at, you know, where I've gotten to. So social media today is actually an amazing way to just start and see. Yeah, it gets done for sure. Get, you know, is this something for me? Is this cool? I've only heard about it. You know, where can I get equipment? Um, but if you want to learn more, yeah. <laughs> now we can plug in, right? Yeah. <laughs> Works, <laughs> works, yeah. You know, like podcast. I want product placement here. I've got a whole, you know. Yes. They got a box of Cheetos in the background. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Shh. So Kellogg's would love you for that uh, little thing. Anyways, but um, so we got we got lots of videos on our on our website, you know, for downloading. Um, there you, you buy them. They're reasonably priced, and they are organized in a systematic way. And uh, you know, a lot of feedback that we get is that, well, I've never seen this before. You know, I thought uh, I thought this was Indian clubs was a very static kind of exercise, and I see you moving, and I see you doing the transitions and the flows and all that. You know, and they are like I said, that that's one thing that 
uh, is actually unique. I haven't seen anybody else do it so far. Um, so all the different programs we have, all the ways you can learn the different transitions of the heart-shaped swings. I mean, we had people, you know, sending us uh, testimonials saying, I've been swinging Indian clubs since 2008, you know, and uh, I've put my clubs away for, for a few years and I've, I've seen your YouTube channel and this sparked my interest because you've been doing this and that, you know, and uh, and uh, I haven't seen this before. Yeah. Um, and we've made it, in, you know, like I say, in a systematized. So you just start here and then you get there at the end. You know where you start and where you end. And everything is uh, filmed so you can learn it from home. We've got different viewing angles. Uh, we break down the movements uh, and the transitions, especially. Um, and as far as equipment goes, I mean, Terry and I are pretty proud that because of our uh, skills, Terry skills, my skills. Uh, I mean, we're like a t turnkey operation. We've got everything you'll need in, in that has anything to do with clubs training or swing training. Um, We've developed uh, all of our things kind of with a, also a sustainable mindset. You know, we've got the Palo Vandal that you use us, you know, an old or used soda pop bottle so you can adjust the weight kind of thing, um, which is a really good way for people to just try it out. You know, try this board. It's not a big investment. Just, you know, on soda pop bottles, you can get anywhere kind of thing to the materials that we've chosen to make the wooden clubs um, least amount of at least amount of waste. Uh, I've, and uh, yeah, wow. I've made hundreds of clubs that I've just dug the material out of the, we have a recycle recycling uh, garbage kind of, uh, area where there's containers filled with old furniture and everything. So it's, um, you know, let's, we don't have to trash the environment to get some good stuff out of it. So a company like ours, you can get, Anything you ever need. There's co other companies out there that are making beautiful stuff. There's other guys out there, other women out there that are teaching uh, clubs training. Um, so you have to check out your local area. Believe it or not, I think you'll find somebody out there, even though this this movement of circular training or clubs training or body mobility, whatever you want to call it, there's an amazing amount of people out there doing it. So you just... You have to start your own little research mm -hmm. or ask us, I mean, write to Terry and I and say, hey, do you know anybody in this area? Uh, chances are we do. So. In you guys experience, um, what are the pros and cons or not pros and cons, but what are you guys' opinions on the steel or the iron clubs? Yeah. That's a that's a whole different type of training. Is it really? I was trying to understand that when because when I was first much buying heavier. Them. I mean, much heavier is one thing, right? But I mean, you got you got to think that uh, the Persian clubs and the Indian clubs or Hindu clubs, uh, you know, they're also heavier than the uh, what we know as Indian clubs. What we know as Indian clubs is basically a version that the British uh, took back from India. You know, they modified the design to make it uh, easy to mass produce and also to teach large groups of people at once, you know. Uh, you've got something you can hold in your hands, put in your backpack and train 100,000 people at the same time. I mean, there are pictures, historical pictures where you can see 10,000 people swinging at once. 
You know, you can see it in the um, the Berlin Olympics. There's a demonstration of Indian clubs. I don't know how many women are there on the field, but it's like a huge amount of people. You know, you couldn't do that with the uh, with the heavy heavy clubs because the heavy clubs, you know, in um, in Persia or still these days um, in uh, in India, you know, where they're used mainly by the wrestlers, uh, it's like a like a set of dumbbells, like a set of heavy. Uh, weight dumbbells you go to the gym you know in india they call them akara which is the training place in uh, iran they call the zulkane again it's a training place you go there the equipment is there it's standing there you don't carry those big heavy clubs go out train in the park so the the, the british you know they they, uh, they took the those elements of the the club swinging that they, they found beneficial and they made the indian clubs the stuff that you know traditionally the the starting weight is about one kilo um so it looks like a big bottle, like a big wine bottle. Um, so lighter clubs, you know. So yeah, going back to that, heavy clubs training is a different animal. Um, you've got uh, less moves available to you because you can't do the same fine uh, circles with the big clubs that you can do with the light clubs. And the steel clubs is a derivative of the heavy clubs. It's, uh, you know, if we talk about design wise, I mean, now here's, yeah. here's where my brain kind of goes a little bit bananas because the steel clubs, they're heavy. They're, they're a completely different training. It's more of a strength training as far uh, and not a mobility training. Mm -hmm. They're good if that's what you want. But the steel club is also a heavy uh, piece of equipment in a compact space. If you, I mean, yeah, iron. It's not a, yeah. Up, right? Yeah. <laughs> because in, in the, the old clubs, I mean, we've seen some really old footage and pictures of clubs that I would guess are like 90 pounds each, but they're oh. made of wood. But they're made of wood. So they're really so they're, big and bulky. Yeah, they're like as big as a person. You know, you know, there's a person. So swinging that around your body has a whole different uh, motor skill dynamic than a compact piece. Because with when it's big, it becomes a lever at that point. Well, a lever, and you have to get it away from your body, or else you'll hit your body. Yeah. Right? So or the, the, the yeah the metal the metal clubs you know they got a different weight distributions to uh, to the wooden clubs basically. It, it know, definitely. Thinner. Oh, mm -hmm. Sorry. Uh, no, sorry about that. <laughs> that's okay. That's okay. Um, yeah, they, they're shorter and thinner, so they, they, they swing differently. You know? um, and yeah, I mean, there are also differences in the design of those uh, steel clubs. So um, the very short ones, you know, a lot of people write to us and say, you know, I want to learn to do those hard-shaped swings that you've got in, in your programs. You know, I've downloaded that, uh, but I've got my two kilo steel clubs and, you know, it doesn't feel right. And now it doesn't feel right because, uh, you know, two kilos of steel is totally different to kilos of wood or two kilos with a palavendal. Um, yeah. You know, so, so it's, uh, if you want to do very close to the body, uh, uh, circular movement, uh, stability training, uh, iron with incorporated with, you know, a catch and a squat iron clubs. They're fine. I mean, they're, 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 they also work. a good product, yeah. you know, yeah. some, some of, some of them swing well, and uh, some, some swing some not so not well, so well, but it's also a personal thing, you know, yeah. I mean, yeah. I, 
I think, I mean, I like BMW. The next guy might not like BMW. You know, they're both cars. I I understand that. And that's where, like, when I first got, was getting into clubs, um, the meathead in me um, came out and I was like, oh, steel. Yeah. And it's heavy. Yeah. That sounds good. (laughs) And everybody does that. Uh, And then I like go to swing it and I'm like, Oh, clunky for me anyways. And then I'm like, Oh, I don't think the purpose reading more about it and learning about it was like, I don't think the purpose here is to get better at moving heavier things. It's more to be able to learn the movements and to not be herky jerky, to be nice and smooth. And to yep. be able to understand how to do those movements and coordinate it. I'm yep. like, oh, I can't do that with, with this thing. So then <laughs> I, I, yeah, then I got at wooden clubs yep. and I realized that it was, oh, it's a whole different animal. Yeah, yeah, totally, totally. Plus you, I mean, you, we know for sure, 100%, you can't get on an airplane with steel clubs. Yeah, yeah, I see. <laughs> or, or actually wooden clubs in your bag. Um our little handle on a, the palabandle, we we know for sure. Um, sometimes the X-ray people look up because it looks a little bit like a dildo if you don't know. <laughs> but yeah. it's like, oh yeah, going on vacation, are we? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll have a good time. <laughs> you got to get swingers embroidered in the bag too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, but I mean, you know, all attention, it's good attention. So, I mean, mm-hmm. just, yeah, but uh, yeah. Yeah, everything, there's a lot of equipment out there that personal preference, I wouldn't use. Uh, yeah. But, you know, Terry might be different than me and we're on the same team. Yeah. You know, Will, you might be different than us and we're, you know, we're on the same team. Uh, it's a personal preference. I think you really have to understand what you want to get out of it. So, um, I mean, we have, is James world strongest man or you're strong in Europe and uh, but anyways, uh, great guy. He is like a performer, but he has told us and he preaches it that when he raised the bar with his mobility, you know, started clubs training and heavy clubs, you know, getting that blend, doing uh, uh, what do you call it? ribbon work, uh, suspension training, that kind of thing. He's when he thought he do, couldn't get any better. He got better just mm-hmm. by having a better mobility. Right. Yeah. So less injuries. And, 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 and but he's it. like, you know, you're strongest man in his category. So it, it, you have to understand what you want to get out of it. Yeah. Um, and if you want longevity, uh, you know, cardio uh, that's not going to hurt your body because you're not, you know, you're an office worker or whatever. I wouldn't buy iron clubs. Mm-hmm. Basically, you know, light light clubs is something that you can do every day. So you got to look at it as maintenance or like historically it's been used for rehab, prehab, all this kind of stuff, you know. So longevity, uh, training that you can keep doing until you're 80, 90. I mean, there you can find some clips on YouTube of uh, really old people still being being able to do some amazing kind of routines, you know, with the light clubs. The heavy clubs, 
if that's what you're into, it's fine. I mean, we, all, we also have AB clubs. You know, we've got the Palavandol XL. You can fill it up to 20 kilos. And uh, when it's empty, it weighs two. So that you can put in your luggage. So yes. You can't carry on. You still can't carry on. But, I mean, you can put it in your luggage and yeah. fill it up with sand when you get to wherever you're going. That's nice Aruba, Jamaica. Yeah. <laughs> but we're about, you know, we're about all the clubs swinging. It's not just like light clubs or just what people know as Indian clubs, you know. Uh, Weird difference basically between uh, uh, heavy clubs as what we call as a closed style. So when you do your swings, it's going to be really tight in against the body because of the leverage and the, the mechanics, you know, the physics behind it. And then the open style, which is with the light clubs or what most people know as Indian clubs or what I call the British style uh, Indian clubs, you know. So you got to think, you know, you can break it down into those two things and both of them are really good and function really well you know if you do some light or heavy but a lot of people out there might just already be doing some strength training you know and to those people i say well you're already doing the heavy strength training you know done by heavy clubs no no get that that balance you know do the restorative stuff get some some light in clubs because those you'll be able to use every day you'll be able to use them in your warm-up in your cool down or on the days where you're not lifting when you just want to move uh without draining yourself you know so it's uh maintenance maintenance kind of work if you you want to call it yeah terry if if you could generalize um for someone who does have a strength and conditioning routine, how how would you advise them to incorporate um, clubs into their training, yeah. light clubs? Yeah, well, uh, you know, the, the the easiest way to to get started is basically use them into your warm up, you know, and just use them to uh, get the booty, the, the body moving in uh, all type of uh, of motions, you know, motion patterns. So uh, you're not just stuck in the main patterns that you're going to use for your lifting. You know, we know a lot of people uh, using barbells, uh, they're stuck in this uh, sagittal or dominant sagittal because this is where we are strongest, right? Uh, push and pull. Um, but moving, uh, you know, uh, into the the other planes of movements, diagonal lines, horizontal lines, all this kind of stuff, it's also very good, and you can do that easily because basically the club uh, works as uh, like an arm drive, you know. Uh, so it's extra weight at the end, you know, and it's pulling you in those in those different directions. And being light enough, you can actually uh, easily change, you know horizontal, diagonal, vertical, all these lines you can incorporate through the, the circles. And then after training with the traction. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, you know, the, the, the traction uh, of just those uh, one kilo clubs, you know, is enough that is going to uh, help lubricate the joints. So you, we're bringing the fluid into the joints to, you know, loosen them up. That's what feels nice. Uh, it's also pulling on the fascia you know, the, uh, the envelope around the muscles and um, the fascia is uh, really uh, happy for all those spiraling type of movements. So when we're doing a circles, you know, at some point in the circles, you're going to have to, th- to turn the, the thumb uh, one way or, or the other one to, to allow the, the shoulder joint to open fully. And that's enough to, you know, that rotation is what basically starts a, a, a spiral. And, um, 
yeah, you know, our brain loves the spiral structure, the fascia loves the, spa the spiral structures, you, know, you find those reference through yoga to dance and, and all that, you know, people that are already used uh, to movement, um, they understand this, they, they see the club swinging and they, they go, oh, this is exactly the same type of principles we use in yoga or dance, ballet, and, you know, we got, we got ballet dancers uh, using the, the Indian clubs. Um, so, yeah, this, this aspect, you know, of uh, instead of thinking we're working on just solely on, on the muscles, we, we look at the integrated uh, system, mm -hmm. all body structure, the mental aspect as well into it when you're playing with the, with the light clubs. Are any, I think just integrating it, if I can add something, even in our local clubs uh, swinging organization, um, Terry's developed routines that are, uh, it's body weight and clubs. And sometimes it's, we, I mean, we actually have a heavy club in front of us and we have two lighter clubs in front of us. So it's two hands on a heavy club. You know, it's, it's one movement and then it's short amounts uh, of time, 20 seconds, 30 seconds, 40 seconds. And then you go over to a bodyweight exercise and you, you, you run these in cycles. And I mean, we sweat like, mm -hmm. I mean, if that's, if, you know, if you really want to sweat and get the heart pounding, you can do that because, I mean, with clubs training, if you swing at, uh, just as an example, if you swing around your body at 20 kilometers an hour, for example, if you speed it up, that whole weight and the whole physics uh, force that happens naturally because it's moving faster, it becomes a heavier workout. Oh, so, wow. you know, you can adjust exactly what you want to get out of it. And that's why it's been easy for us to work in groups where one is really good at it. One has a lot of experience. One is, you know, maybe a little bit overweight. Uh, one is uh, working her way out of a pregnancy. You know, so you, you get your own. Yeah, you get out. You're all doing the same thing. You get out what you put in. You know, yeah. if you if you want, just use it as meditation emotion. If you just want to use it as restorative, you can do that. If you want, you want to use it as a, as a way, uh, you know, to uh, to get a, a cardio workout, you can do that. If you want to use it as a way to get a high intensity training, you can also do that. If you want to use it as heavy weight, you know, with the heavy clubs, you can also do that. There's many uh, different aspects. You know, don't think that Indian clubs is just one thing it's it can be many things at the end of the day it's a free weight the way you use it you know the, the program you put into it is going to give the outcome uh, what, what you're going to get out of it you know just like with kettlebells yeah and kettlebells and that was something when I first started learning about juggling and then like partner passing and I'm like oh wow this is just a thing and, and there's so many different ways you can go about this, right? And it's all defined on your goals. Um, I'm really excited though about those handle, the, I forgot what they're, they're called, the handles where you put them on the water bottles. They're called a palavandal. Palavandal. Yeah, it's because in the Persian language, palavan is their word for a hero. I mean, we're, I, my, my pronunciation is probably uh, uh, terrible, I realize. So it's the Palavan handle. And we just put the two words together, and that's the trademark name for it. So it's the hero's handle. It's the Palavandle. That's right. I like it. So um, I'm going to pick some of those up because 
I want to try to work with the, the children in my EV, in the EBD program uh, yeah. to see if I can be able to give them an outlet instead of wanting to like they would like to like punch each other and like throw staplers and stuff like that. And I figured using those things like they there's like this weird thing that I learned about roughhousing from um, some some psychologists I'm reading a few books and like you can't roughhouse in the school like no wrestling, nothing like that. Um, it's obvious, like some, some serious insurance issues there, um, and safety concerns with these, these children, um, in that, in that scenario. And there's nothing that I can do about it. And I can't give them like kettlebells obviously. Cause well, if they could pick it up, I'm afraid they're going to throw it at, you know, one another, um, or in barbells, it's a similar thing, but these, it might be one of the outlets that I can get them to stimulate them. Um, and to teach them, you know, discipline, focus, and just out of the joy of, of movement, you know, and like when I, when I can play tag with them in the, in the right way, they're, um, they're excited and they, they want to be responsible and they want to try really hard, you know, um, and I want to do more things that help them translate that to the classroom. Um, and that's what I'm, I'm hoping that this is one of those steps. Like I, even another fun one is, is getting a box. Cause I mean, like they're not gonna, it's, I can make sure that they can't throw the box at one another, um, and have them do box jumps. And then just that alone will teach them like, um, discipline and then follow through and what it's like to like, maybe feel ashamed and work through that. Like you could jump on the box, but I can't and trying to help one another, like what you guys are saying through the classes, right. With the, um, with the prisoner, um, who was taking charge of the class and trying to teach other people the technique is actually showing empathy. And that's what I have a problem with, with these students is like, and it scares me because they're going to go into become adults and they're just going to continue on this, this track. But I've even found in my own life, not as severe where it's like, you know, people using lots of drugs or people, um, like fighting a lot with their family or their spouses, like, going and doing jujitsu or doing something that stimulates my, my nervous system will decrease. And this is all anecdotal and speculation, but it will decrease my, my outward aggression. Right. Mm -hmm. I'm not like, I don't beat, I don't want you guys to think that I'd like beat my ex-wife, but like, um, just yelling, right. It just calms you down. And I feel like it's more accessible for these kids to give them access to that. And so I'm excited to try it. It is an outlet. <laughs> you know, in, at the end of the day, like our little handle, it fits on a soda pop bottle. So you can give the kids a little bit of ownership over their equipment. Have them bring their favorite, you know, drink, a little bottle or put a, you know, a white sticker on it and have them color it or put their name on it or whatever. You know, people painting them. Um a good a good safe thing for kids when you're in you know kind of um very uh, energetic situations um we know that dry rice like you know dry oh, rice whoa. weighs exactly the same as water if you fill it up you know, so, so you know so if you use uh, half yeah half a bottle of uh, a 16 ounce bottle of rice weighs 16 ounces, you know, kind of thing. So you can, uh, exactly. Yeah. There you go. There's your half liter, um, or whatever, how many ounces I can't remember what, how many ounces it is. Uh, 
anyway, 16.9, 16.9 ounces. And, and what you can do as well, say, is actually seal the top of the bottle with some kind of silicon sealant or whatever, you know, stuff you use for painting. So if the, if they take out the bottle, nothing's going to spill. Okay. Ooh, that's cool. Yeah. I got hot glue. That might work. Yeah, yeah it totally works. But I mean, we, you know, colored popcorn. I mean, they can put anything in that bottle. Oh, that would be cool. You know, they design, <laughs> they design their own bottle. And I mean, if the bottle breaks, so get another bottle. I yeah. mean, it, it's, uh, it's not a big, uh, so for you, uh, you know, working with kids and having their, you can stimulate their creativity. Um, they, they, I know we know from personal experience that we, we know the kids love it. It's like, I, I brought Coca-Cola bottles. Oh, <laughs> I, oh, you know, that drink that's really popular. Uh, you can, um, because that's their favorite, right? So, I mean, fine. Or, oh, that's a really cool cap. You know, let me, let's trade caps because I like your caps or, you know, yeah. there's, yeah, it's a, it's a, yeah, yeah, I can see you get the the aspect. Let them go crazy. Let them be creative. Maybe it'll be part of the program. First, you make their own bottle. Then you can teach them weights and measures. You know, what if we empty half of the rice out? What's it going to weigh then? And now you see the track because, like, these teachers are like, and I understand it from their perspective, but they're really trying to get these students to learn these things. And I'm like, I understand that you want them to learn it in this context, and it's important, but. Everything that you want them to know, they will at some point um, with the right, like if they find something that they love, they'll come to terms with that. They need to know how to read, write and do math and that all of this like aggression and, and feelings about it is only hurting themselves. If you mm -hmm. just get them to fall in love, just one thing. Mm -hmm. And it's like you, you go to the measurement and, and to doing this is why we do math and math is great. You're like having all these positive, rewarding feelings about it. And I, I'm super stoked because like the bottles, like I'm a nerd about it. So I can't stop talking about like fitness with them. And most of the staff there, they don't self care is kind of low. So mm -hmm. I like I run to work the, as the buses come in and I run home and then I develop exercise programs for them to do calisthenics and stuff. So just adding this to it is, is going to be exciting. And like, I'm the kind of person where, as you guys could probably tell, is like, I can't stop talking about it. And, <laughs> and so it's like, I'm right on their level. And is, I suppose maybe to see someone like myself, who's excited about it as an adult wants to play with them. You know, mm -hmm. I think it means a lot. And yeah. Sure. So fun. <laughs> and uh is there anywhere that uh, people could check could learn more about um you guys and your indian clubs oh yeah <laughs> <laughs> okay the company's name is heroic sport which is actually not something we just thought up it's from the persian expression as well you know the the hero's sport um anyways so www.heroicsport.com or um, and you can find us on Facebook and uh, Instagram, Instagram, YouTube, YouTube channel, and it's all under Heroic Sport. So you, sometimes it's, it's spelled with a dot or the, you know, depending on the social medias, because sometimes yeah. the name has been taken. But honestly, if you find, a, you know, something that's related to Indian clubs, you can see the, you know, logo with some 
a hand holding a club and it's called Eric Sport, uh, you're going to find us, I guess. You're going to find <laughs> us. Yeah. And I'll be sure to leave all the links to your guys' social media and your YouTube and website in the show notes and on the website. I appreciate it. Very cool. Absolutely. Um, you know, and the blog, check our blog because we, we you know, we, we write a few uh, blog posts in a way. It's sort of like, uh, okay, this is how you fix, you know, this is how you improve your grip strength, you know, the exercises and stuff. And you might even find like a coupon code hidden here and there for some Ooh. people in there. Yeah, you know, just, yeah. you know <laughs> it's just like read it and, uh, and find the info. <laughs> <laughs> Don't be surprised. Uh, Terry and I love this project and we love to have fun at it. So on Instagram, this little coffee break thing that we do, it's, I mean, that's gold. I mean, you know, it's when, when Terry says, Ron, we need to do a coffee break now. It's cool. <laughs> Instagram is one minute. You yeah. get like a bit of fun. You get moving. You, yeah. you feel good. And he never tells fun. me what we're doing. So it's like, okay, Ron, now we're going to do, you know, the heart shaped swing. We're going to mix it with this. And it's the, okay, whoa. <laughs> I love it. Trust me, if I can do it, anybody can do it. We've got our mothers involved. We've got, I mean, my mom is like eighty-six, yeah, yeah. And actually, she puts the the palavandel in the uh, short mace mode. So she puts the two handles together and then a bottle, and she does some mace swinging. You know, uh, the back circles, and she says like, I don't need to go and and get massage because usually she gets tensions around the neck and shoulders. You know, and it's like kind of massage. You know. The, the wow. emotions I mean try it really if you're still uh, you know think this looks nerdy and what can he do you know or is it uh, heavy enough really try it and uh, you'll be uh, pleasant to surprise we never had anybody that said oh that felt like crap you know a lot of people come and we do demonstrations after five minutes they say oh where can I get this or where can I mm. come learn you know um, because they feel it straight away it feels you do this. This traction aspect of clubs swinging, I think, is surprising a lot of people. If, if it doesn't feel good while you're doing it, you're doing something wrong, or you went too heavy, or, or something, yeah. you know. So get some help. But it's pretty intuitive, you know. They are in our course. We uh, we break it down to there are seven key points of club swinging, um, and really. Uh, if you've done some kind of like kettlebell swinging or stuff, you totally relate because a lot of the same rules uh, apply, you know, but it's very intuitive. Um, it is a tool. We've been using tools for thousands of years, you know, we, that's what we built in this. We've got the, you know, yeah. the hands and we know how to use them. You, kids, when we do demos, they come by, they pick up a club, they pick it right from the start. Uh, they know where to put their hands. They know how to swing. They look at us and they'll do the swing. But they'll just be doing it like so fast. Yeah, when kids learn this, they're annoying because they learn <laughs> it way faster. They learn it way faster than adults. We're so stubborn. Yeah. But on uh, yeah, on our website, Heroic Sport, um, we've got the video that's like almost right in the middle of everything that says five easy swings you can learn today. Just press on it. It opens up for free and you can you can start. 
and I'll be sure to put that um, video and embed it on the on my website too, so that people can get a nice little splash on what you guys. Yeah, an idea what's what's all about, you know, and 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 Will, we're going to send you some uh, some video downloads uh, so you can also improve your game, you know, so you can also help the people you're going to come in contact with, so you'll get yeah, like okay, thank you, you know, mm-hmm. so we'll be in touch uh, after the podcast and yeah, how to do that. Absolutely, I appreciate it, you guys, and thank you guys for giving me your time too. I'm I'm really stoked to learn more about clubs, and it's it's been a blast. Like it was a big eye opener just to see what they were doing for me, and that's when I realized that oh, it's not I'm not building strength right now. That that's at least not my primary goal. It's exactly. this mobility, and it's yeah, it's yeah. great. Yeah. All right, thank you guys. I appreciate <laughs> it. I'm gonna just cut off the recording. Thank you guys for listening to this episode of the podcast. Woo! I love learning about Indian clubs. I'm so excited to just continue to work on my swings and to build that flow. If you guys would like to learn more about their Indian clubs or follow their blog, figure out some technique, head over to HeroicSport.com and you can find them on Instagram as Heroic Sport. And I'll leave all those links in the show notes. If you'd like to support the show, you can go over to BecomingHumanPodcast.com, rate, review the episodes, or pick up some merch from the website. Till next time, y'all. Thanks for listening. Some more as you did
nesmierne si to vážime. 